Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rodcast. I'm here with Pastor Rod. We've got a great conversation today. We're going to be talking about like, do we as the church need to be involved in world missions? So this is going to be a great chat. And uh, just to start off with, Jesus, uh, when asked about the end times, said this in Matthew 24 verse 14. He says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations We'll hear, and then the end will come. So, Pastor Rod, uh, first big question. uh, How do you think all nations will come to hear the good news about Jesus? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that as we look at the world now, 42% of the world have never heard about Jesus. Wow. Um, And yet it says in in Revelation chapter 7 and and chapter 9 that multitudes from every nation will be in heaven. So the heavenly future picture of Revelation, which is prophecy, is multitudes, multitudes of every people group in the world are going to be in heaven. Isn't that encouraging? Mm, it's so good. So that means between now, where 42% have not heard the gospel, mm. and future in heaven, where people from every nation, multitudes from Japan, for example, or Bangladesh and many other beautiful people will be at the at the throne of God worshiping forever. So that means between now and then something's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the most amazing thought. Between now and then the world will be reached. Now I don't know how that's going to happen, which is your question, but I know it's going to happen. Mm. It will happen. So we just have to really um look at the world understand yeah. the world statistics and where we need to to put um, place to tr- strategic leadership finance mm. investment mm. on ter- entrepreneurship maybe mm. medicine and education where we need to invest in yeah. to see people have a chance to hear the good news sure. um, and have a chance to make a decision for Jesus and and going to populate heaven mm. and um I've always had that hope since I've been a believer from the age of 19 that God is going to reach the world in my generation, which hasn't happened. I've got to be honest. I'm uh, 43 years later. I'm 63. It hasn't happened, Mm. but it's going to happen. And Mm. so I can obviously say to you and any next generation person, maybe it's your generation, but one generation will see something incredible happen. And I pray it's your generation, Adrian, and if not yours, then the next generation after you. And, Come on. Um, but obviously in that, I do believe, I do believe that there is a lot of time left before mm. Jesus comes back um, because it can't happen today unless God did absolutely something global that was outrageous. And, of course, he could, mm. but um, that does, doesn't seem to be his historical style. Um, his historical style is to use people. Yeah. And we've got to get people ready and pl- placed. I think there's a lot of prayer for the world going out, probably more prayer than ever before, which is so encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I think there are millions praying for, for example, Japan. I'm sure that there are millions of people praying. I know there is a lot in Korea praying and a lot in America mm-hmm. praying. So prayer is so important as an, as an air force, as a, uh, the airwaves and the power of God being mm-hmm. released. But the biblical method is God chooses people. Mm. To, to go and share good news, which is yeah. what Jesus said in that scripture. If we just look at it again, it says this gospel, this good news of the kingdom will be preached. That's mm. by people. Yeah. A proclamation, a declaration of the goodness, the good mm. news of Jesus will be preached to every 
ethnic group mm. and um, every ethnic group will hear the gospel. Right now, 42% have not heard. And Jesus says every ethnic group, or you could say every language, as it says in Revelation 7 and 9, every language and tongue and people and ethnic group will be in heaven, will be, mm. will be represented in heaven. Yeah. And wow. um, so how? I don't know, except we've got to mobilize. We've got to mm-hmm. see a mobilization of people to match the prayer, if I could put yeah. it that way. I think there's a lot of great prayer. Please please continue praying. Mm. But if we want to see a difference, there has to be a mobilization of people and finance mm. and, and great things such as you know medical care and education yeah. care and um, just blessing the world in, in larger amounts mm. has to be the how. Yeah. And that has to happen in a generation or a couple mm. of generations. Yeah. So whatever the end of my generation is, it's a, it's got to be a setup for the next generation. It's got to be a setup for the next generation mm. that we can increasingly see mm. the good news. Yeah. On another note, and this is quite a wild a divergence from what I've just said, is that online online presentation of the gospel has increased dramatically since COVID. Yeah. Um. In in the a uh, hundred years ago, the key the key way that happened was through radio, shortwave yeah. radio, and then FM radio, and then there was TV ministries, which still is, is still there to this to this day. Mm. Um, but but twenty years ago, we we had the internet go ballistic, and um, <laughs> and anybody can can present the gospel online now. Isn't that amazing? Like yeah. And, and, and also with the incredible amount of um, online Bibles too, the U uh, mm. version, and um, and we can do daily reading, and it's all online on digital. So even the poor people of many nations have got smartphones. Yeah, um, it actually is real. But you go to a village um, of a poor nation, and and at least someone in the family is going to have a smartphone. Yeah. So the ability to um, get the good news out to people has never been greater. Mm. Um, online um, video, online podcasts, um, and uh, radio is still going in many countries. I've got a friend in Indonesia who's got 53 radio stations, <laughs> wow. and they're local radio stations like local FM, mm. but people in that area hear the good news, and wow. many of them are areas that have not heard the good news. Mm. And he's getting financial support from other nations to – uh, lease some land and put up a radio antenna, yeah. and um, he's, he's he wants to do another hundred, I think. And um, yeah. so, so the the airwaves are open like never before. Um, we've seen people come to Christ through online. However, I don't think that's going to be the total answer. I think it's going to be this combination mm. of prayer and online, and then people actually going and being able to present good news and. Yeah. Um, so I, I do believe in the physical church meeting together, of course, but mm. we've never had this opportunity to start churches online, yeah. have we? Sure. No, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and I think during this season of COVID, we've we've just I think everyone has been forced to <laughs> learn how to use this tool mm. of online in greater in a greater mm. measure, and and we've seen incredible fruit. Um, even here at Lifehouse, we've been able to see so many here across Japan. Uh, get to hear the good news Uh, and even still um, even this week I think I I got another email from someone who responded 
to uh, one of our online messages and wants to start a journey of following Jesus, uh, which is amazing. Uh, we've been able to connect with a community in Pakistan and do training of leaders and see church, a whole church being launched and planted in Pakistan through through online, mm. uh, which is which has been amazing. So yeah, I think I think one of the conversations we often have as as Lifehouse is uh, one of our big prayers is saying the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So it seems as if. The harvest is plentiful. The opportunities are there. Uh, the technology is there, but we just need workers. Would you say yeah. that's that's an accurate? Uh, yeah. Well, it was true in Jesus' day. He said to his disciples those words. Yeah. Um, and and Jesus had a few followers back then. Jesus plus twelve. Yeah. And one of those fell away. Judas Iscariot. Um, Jesus plus eleven became <laughs> Jesus plus eleven plus seventy plus thousands plus multitude thousands and so mm. we do have a picture of this growth mm. um but jesus did say in, even with his miracles and wonderful power we need workers mm. pray for workers pray yeah. for workers of the harvest the harvest is ripe mm. um and i i've I visited um 50 nations now and I'd say 50 out of 50 nations needs workers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is not just Japan. I think every nation would put their hand up and say, we need workers, God, give us workers, mm. which is a godly prayer. Mm. So once again, the how is mm. that we are able to get that vision out and that we actually are able to train people and yeah. finance people who have a dream, yeah. finance people who have a dream to, to reach out and uh, touch the world. So I, I think that there is a a need for um, training, mm. um, a need for a training process that that's easier than the past. In the past, you used to have like a, have to have a lot of education. You still need education to get visas in many countries. But I think the key thing with this new generation is not high education, but can you do the job? Yeah. So to to reach people, can you do a Bible study? Mm. Can you meet people and share Jesus? Are, are more important. Uh, obviously, obviously, having correct doctrine and training, mm. but then going out to the coalface and meeting people is where we need more and more workers. In Japan, yeah. you know this is true. If we just had more workers, we'd have more people responding. Yeah, it, it's it's just a fact. It's mm. a fact. Um, the more opportunities we have and outreach, the more people we meet who are interested. Sure. So we had more people, more outreaches. We have more people interested, mm. um, and sure. and I think that's really important. So yeah, that scripture is is so important, you know. And um, recently, I was at Highlands College, which is in Alabama, and they've got this new Bible school, and they've given me the opportunity, along with a few other missions presenters, this year, more chance to share the good news with the college students than ever before. And they mm. they said because of because of that, but more because of what the Holy Spirit is doing, mm. about one-third of their current students have said they're open to working overseas for the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Mm. They're talking That's about hundreds so of people. Wow. Now, they may not go, but they said they've never seen that. They said in the past it was more like one-tenth of students said that. Hmm. Now it's 33% of students wow. in, in, in their current intake have said, we'd be prepared to live overseas if God mm. called us. We are actually looking at that sort of possibility. Mm. Well, that's what I'm talking about, this exposure, opportunity, training, and then we need process mm. 
how they can actually get to a nation. Mm. And I think some of those people will come with um, businesses. They'll start businesses in many countries or um, educational pursuits overseas. There are different pathways, but Mm. we must open the way for a process. Mm. And um, I also believe in a thing called church-to-church missions, which means they come from a local church to a local church in another country and then finally back to their local church in their home country. And Mm. everyone's uh, edified. Everyone grows and is lifted, and um, I think that's a new a new model. But also, financial release is a big part of this. And if anyone's listening and just has understands this, um, I'm not doing a big plug for Lifehouse, although obviously we do need finances at times. But there are many young people that would go if they had some backing, if they had a pathway and some backing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, we've got one young couple coming from texas very soon from america and their pastor is so behind them coming he said they're two of our best we're so Mm. sad to see them go but they were exposed to on a mission trip to Mm. the world and feel called and i said to the pastor would you get behind them financially and help them with Mm. some ideas and it's just been two months and they've they've Mm. got so much of their support because a local church said we're going to help you. Uh, mm. We believe in you. And very soon that couple will be released into Japan. Wow. Um, that's the how. Yeah. So it's not, it's not just prayer. It's prayer plus, plus, plus will yeah. win the world. Never reducing prayer. Yeah. Um, prayer plus yeah. um, is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, I think prayer is such a, a big part of uh, starting that that journey, um, I think it's a big part of the journey. I think God, we can we can pray and God God moves, and I love that about our Father. He just He, he answers prayer. But I think in praying, um, God often moves our hearts. It was I think it was praying for Japan that moved mm. my, my wife and I, mm. our hearts to get more interested in Japan, and that brought us to this nation. We we left South Africa six years ago and came wow. to Japan because it all started with with prayer, praying for Japan during a, a crisis. There was the big tsunami, earthquake, yeah. the nuclear explosions, all of that. Um, but that led us as a church in South Africa to pray for Japan. And that mm. prayer led into God putting Japan on our hearts, which ended up us being here in Japan now for nearly six years. So, praise yeah. God. <laughs> and we're so glad you came. You've made a great impact. Uh, you and Catherine and uh, loving the Japanese and the foreigners here is, is mm. a great, great blessing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like we, we just sometimes we have to pinch ourselves like, <laughs> hey, is this real? <laughs> do we get right. to do this? Uh, which is amazing. So, yeah, that's great. So I'd love to ask, you've been involved for your 43 years now as a follower of Jesus. You've been involved in many different missions in different nations and what, what do you feel from your experience, what you've been a part of, what you've seen is the most, what is the most fruitful uh, way to really reach a nation? Well, um, so many ways I could answer that, but loving the people is my most simple answer, is people mm-hmm. going and loving the local people. Once I've said that, there's also got to be fruitfulness in sharing good news and getting local believers you know, we've been in Japan 20 years and we've always loved the people. We love, love mm. the Japanese, love the foreigners here. But 
unless we'd seen Japanese saved, become believers in Jesus and followers and then leaders, we wouldn't have what we have today. We, we, don't, we would not have the, the, the foundation that we see here in Japan. And I think mm-hmm. at 20 years, a lot of people have been touched and moved and saved and you know, loved. Yeah. But it's, it's, we now have a Japanese foundation. Yeah. And I think there was a time, you know, Viv and I don't want to go anywhere else. We love Japan. But there was a time where we felt the job has been completed to some degree in that we've built a foundation based upon something lasting after our departure or death. Mm. And um, the foundation is in the ground. The stake is in the ground. And I mm. think that in world missions, we've got to see the stake in the ground. Yeah. That if the foreigner leaves or someone transplanted in for a while leaves, Mm. It lasts. It more yeah. than lasts. It actually becomes self, self. We used to use words self perpetuating, self supporting. Mm-hmm. So you know all the self self movement. They're able to support itself is in the ground. It's mm. actually able. And I, I, I've seen the same thing in many countries where some people came in, but the stake wasn't in the ground, and it seemed to disintegrate when the person left. And then there's other people where the stake is in the ground. Mm. There, there, there was training and development and Holy Spirit movement and locals getting saved mm. and baptized and becoming leaders. And so when the leader left, it stayed. There was a foundation. There was a stake in the ground. Mm. And I think for foreigners coming in, there's, there's been a discussion over the last 40 years about what role do foreigners have mm. because there, there was, there's a great movement that locals should do the job. And I put my hand up and say totally, but sometimes there needs to be a model and a foundation for that to happen. So our role here in Japan, Viv and my role, was always to be coaches and foundation setters and love the people. It's not like stepping stones. Love the people. Mm. Do life with them. But for a nation to go ahead, there must be a stake in the ground. Mm. Now, there's there's a couple of mission movements. One of them is called the Joshua Project, which is amazing. It's got some great statistics in different nations. I really encourage you to look up Joshua Project yeah. if you're in a country. Um, but they talk about a certain statistic where a country needs to be a certain percentage of believers for this to happen. And they and other mission movements put that number at about 2%. For us in Japan, we're at 0.2%. We're one-tenth of that goal. <laughs> we are nowhere near being called a self-sufficient, self-propagating, self-supporting uh, church in Japan. Yet, yet, there are incredible things in the ground. Yeah. So all we need now is a multiplication of what God is doing in Japan. Mm. It's not totally um, untouched. It's just very small. Um, but God is moving. We just need more workers. We need mm. more support. And then I think about other beautiful nations like we've lived in, and such as the Philippines and parts of Indonesia and um, many other countries. I'm thinking, yeah, the 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 stake is in the ground. They just need more stakes. They need more workers. Yeah. That's what we need. The most important thing is the stake in the ground. The local church is now established and has everything it needs to move forward, which could take time. And I just want to remind people from certain countries, the stake has been in the ground in your country for hundreds of years. And um, so what, you've, what you're seeing now is, a, is the accumulation of many, many generations of sowing, reaping, financial investment, Great education, great uh, hospitals, and 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 medical, and and I love all that. That's called mm. generational growth, giving it to your children and your children's mm. children. But in many nations, there's not that 
multi-generational work. It's first generation. Mm. Um, in a few, I can think of it second generation and it's expanding. Yeah. So just realize everyone's in a different place. Mm. Um, there's an incredible scripture. I think it's in um, Isaiah 29. It talks about the desert becoming a fertile field and the fertile field becoming a forest. Mm. And I, I sort of see that as some nations listening to this, definitely the United States, which we love, is already a fertile field and God's desire is that you become a forest. So there's like phase two. Mm. But we're in phase one where the mm. desert will become a fertile field. Yeah. And I think the, those in phase two need to help those in phase one around the world mm. and say, um, we want to help you with, with foundations and generations and strategies and finance and, and medicine and education and, and everything we got, we want to pour in to make those nations that are not quite there yet to grow. Mm. So you can see I'm very hopeful um, yeah. in this task. Um, but the how has to be a, a hand in hand across the world, an understanding, a process, mm. and release of people and finance. Yeah. Wow, that's so great. And I just love that because I think um, – would you say it's really the key is the local church is seeing local yeah. churches established and um, yeah. I don't know if this is the right terminology, but uh, I think in in my kind of uh, experience of uh, missions, I've been part of missions for a few years and and I've really seen there's some some missions where you feel like you're just going to bless, where it's like a, you go there and you're nice to people and you encourage a few people, but then there's also like the building where you really go to establish uh, foundations. And I feel like my experience, maybe you can share, is that this building is a lot more long-lasting, fruitful uh, and versus this blessing. Whereas when you go to bless, it's like I'm coming as a foreigner to encourage you, to bless you, to preach, to teach, and then I go home versus someone who's coming and really investing and training and equipping locals mm. to to be, and I think that's what you've done so well here in Japan, which it's just so great to see. So, would you say there's a difference between those kind of missions? Uh, yeah, answer yes. Uh, as I said before, church to church missions is everything. New Testament. Paul went to a city, had a great movement, people got saved, and it says he came back and established eldership and leadership, and the next generation was birthed and born in that town. That's where we get someone like Timothy in a town called Lystra. And so I think short-term teams work as long as they're with a local church. Mm. Um, and, and, and anything to do with, you know, uh, crusades or anything larger will work as long as there's a local church involvement. Now, a local church could be small. Mm. It doesn't have to be a big local church, but an involvement with a local church where there's a stake in the ground, where there's, mm. there's commitment to those people, then the fruit will last. Um, there are occasions where, you know, miracle stories where you meet someone in a chance meeting and that person becomes a, a great leader, of course. But I think the, the historical way that God has moved is through local church and visiting teams coming and linking with a local church, local church missions. And also with, with your, your story, um, you, you went on short-term mission trips that maybe wasn't where you were called, but there was a stirring, right? So I think mm. short-term teams, as long as it's a good trip, as long mm. as it's fruitful, as long as you see the right fruit, will build future people to come back permanently mm. and also will build people to give 
to missions. Yeah. So I think there is a great need for short-term missions, but yeah. linking with a local church. We yeah. in Lifehouse now have had um, tens of American churches and tens of Australian churches over our 20 years send teams. And I've always heard good reports mm. that when they went home, yes, they were blessed and they said to the pastor, uh, we can't do everything they did in Japan, but could we try this university outreach and things like that? So there's yeah. a great blessing back into, but the impact on the local young people was so powerful. I would say send teams, send local teams, as long mm-hmm. as it's linking with a good local church somewhere in the world. Yeah, and um, I've just always seen that uh, as a blessing. Mm. But there's got to be the long term follow yeah. up. Yeah, well, that's so great, and I think just. Um, how could you encourage those because you're talking about phase two, phase one uh, countries like like US, I know South Africa's got a long generate or many mm. generations of followers of Jesus. And uh, how could you, what could people who are asking the question now, how could we get involved in world missions? What are some practical things that or steps that they can take? And you've already mentioned some of them, uh, sending yeah. teams, finances, but if yeah. somebody's listening, how could they get involved, their church or them as an individual get involved in world missions? Ask a friend <laughs> in the <laughs> ministry. Um, what are you involved in that's fruitful? Mm. And and get part of that. We don't have to always reinvent the wheel. You know, if someone's mm. doing something significant, let's let's bring our strength and join it. Um, mm. We've had fr- friends in, in America um, who have said to us, oh, this church contacted us and said, what do we do? And they said, um, link with Lifehouse, they're doing all these things, and so we have new relationships. Mm. It, the key thing is relationship, and and being long term. I think having there are some short term there are some short term needs. For example, with um, disasters, it's just everyone just said, you know every hand on deck. Let's just give to that, and we do the same here with the Philippines and Pakistan and India and and many other countries. We give em- emergency needs. We say, where's a relationship? Where where can we give the finance? Yeah. But long-term strategic missions, I think, should be through with relationship and mm. long-term goals, long-term seeing, uh, you know, people being blessed. Our church has been involved over 20 years with, with um, two, two, two major things. One was in Indonesia with Mercy Indonesia, mm. helping um, relief and, 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 and um, care of children and things. And uh, many of those children grew up to be absolute, uh, well, most of them, absolute uh, champions for Jesus who in mm-hmm. turn blessed Indonesia. Sure. Um, in the last 10 years, we've been helping Tejas in India, New Delhi, and now a lot of those children for many years of support have, have grown up to be um, either, uh, you know, graduated and done something or mm-hmm. school students who will actually break the poverty cycle in their family wow. because it's okay. long-term, long-term strategic missions. Mm. So I'd say talk to friends who are long-term um, or, or you can contact us on this mm. channel. Uh, we can, I don't know if we know someone in your nation or, or nation you're interested in, but we could certainly try and connect you with friends. Mm. But I do believe there are a lot of really great missions that are fruitful, successful, and need more help. Mm. Um, the harvest is ripe. The labor is a yeah. few, and so is the finance. Yeah. So get some friends around and talk about strategic, long-term yeah missions that can change a nation come on so good awesome uh, i've got one more question uh for this topic but um you're talking about putting a stake in the ground developing leaders and yeah at lifehouse 
Um, you've been here for 20 years and we've got some amazing Japanese pastors. Um, so I want to ask the question, how long does it take from uh, when a person gets saved to when they are ready ooh. to be a campus pastor, <laughs> a local? Gee, that's a hard question because when we started, we did not have a foundation and we had no young Japanese uh, decisions for Jesus for a while. It was really hard, hard to build when there was no foundation. Now we have a foundation, it's easier. So can I sort of answer that by saying it changes over time, the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but I'd say at least three years. And we have one pastor who um, is now newly married. He's Japanese. He's doing an amazing job in Hiroshima and mm. um, doing amazing things with his wife. And, and, but, but when he became a new believer, Lewis, who was the trainer, the pastor, said to me, I've never met a disciple like him because every time I teach him a lesson, he memorizes the scripture, he prays it in, and next week he comes and says, I've done that, what do I do next? And he really added <laughs> daily journaling, reading the word, adding it, changing, seeking God, learning how to pray, learning how to hold, get a hold of God. Huh. Uh, now he's married, a happy married. His wife's a winner. Um, so that's an exception and yet maybe not um, mm. because Jesus only took three years. But the boys he chose um, in, his, in his discipleship group were all Jewish boys. So they did have the Old Testament understanding of God and the law. Now, that doesn't make them a believer in Jesus, but it's a good start. It's a foundation. Mm. And so in some nations, there is a, a great Christian foundation, Catholic foundation, Lutheran foundation, some Christian background foundation that lays quite, quite a large um, basis mm. for fast learning. Mm. In other nations, there's none of that, such yeah. as Japan. And we've had to really build a foundation through mm. building um, – uh, it's not for this this discussion, but our, our, our discipleship journey, doing the blue mm. book, all our studies. We had to develop all our own stuff. Mm. Now we have that stuff. Yeah. Now we've got that stuff. Yeah. It's a lot faster now. But I wish we'd been able to come in with that stuff from the beginning, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. We didn't. Mm. So my answer is I don't know. But when people say it takes 10 years to make a disciple, like they said in Japan, I say, no way, I'll never accept that. Mm. That is not a biblical statement. Yeah. So as far, my answer is as fast as it takes and it yeah. could be as as little as a year if you're in a certain nation with some yeah. background. Here in Japan, it took us three years probably. But mm. but people here in Japan, when they become disciples, grow fast. Mm. They do. They grow fast. They and it's such a joy. Mm. Oh, so good. Well, this has been an awesome discussion. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Rod. And yeah, if you could just pray for us, that'll be awesome yeah. to end this off. Lord Jesus, you did say that Things are going to happen before you come back. And although we don't understand all end times, we do know there's a commission. There's a desire that you reach every nation, every people, every language. And I pray that we would be um, sufficiently challenged as believers to pray for workers. Mm. But not just pray. We'd actually be part of a process of um, awareness, uh, awakening in local churches around the world to missions in 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 releasing people, releasing finances to reach the 42% that have never heard, as well as local church missions. I'm praying, Lord, for an awakening, for a burden, a passion of the Holy Spirit, that we would flow with you in these end times 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for everyone listening. Uh, it was a great conversation. And if you want to find out more about missions at Lifehouse, you can just go to our website, mylifehouse.com forward slash missions. And there's just some more information and we can definitely help out and partner with you. So awesome. Thank you, Pastor Rod. And see you guys next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time. Oh,